All right, well, I want to dive right in today. Um, I mentioned this was different. Um, Each year near the start of the year, um, we like to do a state of the church address and just kind of give a sense of where we're at, where we're going. Um, It's a little bit more of a family meeting. So, you know, I'm a preacher, I can't help it. So probably a little bit of this will sound like a sermon at some point, but really this is more about sharing information with you guys as the church body. And so my hope is that you guys would just have a good sense of kind of where we're at. Um, I believe there's some stuff in here to encourage us as we look back at the last year. Um, Certainly it was a hard year in a lot of ways, um, but I'm also excited for the year ahead. So here we go. Let's just kind of jump right into this. First of all, um, You know, I don't even really know how to talk about 2020 yet. (laughs) Um, There's so many aspects to it. Um, So I just, I want to say a couple things, okay? Setting aside um, everything externally, just talking about our our church family. One of the things I want to make clear is that it was a hard year for a lot of people in our church body and had nothing to do with COVID or the political unrest. Um, I'm sure that was a big part of it, but like, there were just a lot of folks in our body who went through hard things this year. And one of the things I'm grateful for, I feel like I get this cool bird's eye view sometimes where I get to, get to see a lot of the big picture. I know I don't see all of it, but I get to see a lot of it. And it was really encouraging to watch in the midst of a really hard and disconnected year, the way people in this body loved on, encouraged, supported one another, took care of each other, um, it, it gave me some awesome glimpses along the way in a hard year that just said, you know what? God's faithful, his people are faithful. And so I just wanna say to you guys, thank you. Thank you for being faithful to the Lord. Thank you guys for loving and encouraging each other along the way. I wanna acknowledge, like we made a lot of hard decisions last year. Um, if there were points during in the year where you disagreed with us, you were frustrated, you were discouraged, guess what? Me too. <laughs> Like, I never felt like this year that I had it all figured out. Um, One of the things I do want to encourage y'all with is this. When we make decisions as a church, um, this is not a one-man show. Like, I don't just sit around and decide, here's what we're doing, here's where we're going. Uh, There there is collective decision-making, and we'll talk about that more as we get into this morning, but we just got a lot of faithful people who love and serve this church, who really participated, and just kind of one step at a time, prayerfully deciding What do we believe is the right next step? And so we prayed together, we heard each other out, we wrestled it through, we made decisions together. And so I don't know that they were always right decisions, but we made them the way we're always gonna make decisions. We want Jesus to guide us. We don't wanna be driven by the agendas of men. We don't wanna be motivated by money or success or any of that other stuff. We want to be faithful to hear God's voice and obey what he's saying. And we may not always hear right. I don't always hear right in my own personal life. And so, but our intention is, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? And we want to cooperate with you. And so I'm grateful for a a team of people who come alongside and are prayerful and thoughtful together. And we have honest, hard conversation. And at the end of the day, we go, okay, Lord, we believe this is what you're saying. Here we go. And so... That's kind of a sense of it. Um, It was a strange year. We had to be creative. We had to be flexible. You know, we had some outdoor services. I just want to publicly acknowledge the Lord's Chapel again. Um, Just a really sweet, small body. Yeah, we can go ahead and clap. 
just a really a sweet, small, local body, um, a lot of older folks in that church, and they opened up their property to us and allowed us to gather there a few times. And so really grateful for that. We were able to meet at Lakeshore Park and have a really nice worship gathering at their outdoor chapel there. And so that was really sweet. Um, and man, we made a lot of videos. I mean, y'all might've felt like, gosh, we had to watch a lot of videos of Jake. Y'all, I had to make those videos. It was miserable. Um, one of my regrets from this year, Amy and I laughed about it a lot. We should have used her, my phone was like recording everything, just my little iPhone camera. We should have used her phone to film the rest of the room because often what you saw on the screen was not an accurate representation of what the rest of the house looked like. Uh, I'm pretty sure on video somewhere, there's Pastor Jake saying a not good word in the middle of a sermon when I'm outdoors trying to be creative at my house and sit outside and I'm 20 minutes in and then a neighbor decides like blare their horn or start up their saw because they decided to, to do a back porch project, you know, right in the middle of my sermon. What's up with that? Um, it, was, it, was, it was funny along the way, but it was hard along, <laughs> along the way. Um, man, I'm so grateful for Crystal and Alex. I can't imagine what it's like setting up a phone and then not playing songs but like entering the Lord's presence and leading us in worship. And so, man, I just wanna acknowledge you guys. You did a lot. Um, Alex, dude, best partner I could have, man. Love you, wouldn't want to do it without you. I'd quit if you quit. So make sure he's happy and sticks around or we're both gone. Um, no, but it, it was a good year, it was a hard year. I think we grew in a lot of ways that were valuable though. Um, listen, I just wanna acknowledge too, like. We'll get into the specifics later, but man, there was a lot of faithful generosity this year. You, you guys were faithful to give. You gave of your time. Um, you gave financially, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, there were some hard months. Like, the year started great, started strong. When COVID first hit and we went online in the spring, we actually had a couple of our biggest giving months ever when it first hit, and it was, it was amazing. And then, man, we had several months we dipped a lot. And there were moments where it didn't look like we were heading in a good direction. And um, the last three or four months of the year finished out strong. And I'll give you more specifics when we get there. But I just want to acknowledge, first of all, God's faithfulness. Like he, he's a provider. He's a good, generous God. And I want to just acknowledge you guys for being faithful during this year. Um, I already mentioned we saw loving community on display. People rallied around each other. We put up with Zoom meetings. I mean, if you like those, you're a strange breed of person that I don't <laughs> understand. Um, I do not, um, but we did that. Um, so anyways, it's, that's just, you know, a sense of the year. Um, I'll tell you one thing I was grateful for. You know, I don't know where you all fit into this. I hope nobody ever felt like guilty or obligated or anything, but our church worked through the entire Bible last year. We did a one-year Bible reading plan. Many of you were faithful to that. We preached our way through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and I had no idea what the year was gonna hold, obviously. I found myself incredibly grateful to be anchored in the scripture last year. I was blown away how often what we were reading, what we were studying together on Sunday it was like it was planned for that particular moment. It was just God's fingerprints were all over it. So I'm grateful for that, being rooted in God's word together. I'm grateful that we got that, 
big picture overview of God's redemptive story. Like in one of the hardest years of my life, I got to watch his people be in slavery for 400 years and get rescued out. I got to see them go through all the turmoil of their own, the Israel, their own country being in turmoil and a split in their country and kings who didn't love the Lord and kings who did and just all the turmoil of that and then going into captivity and, and then Jesus showing up on the scene while the Roman Empire kind of oversees everything and just, just remembering like in the course of human history, there have been a lot of hard years. But God is faithful to love and protect and guide his people through it all. And the question before all of us is, will we look to him? Will we be faithful? And when we're not, when we blow it, when we lose sight, the beauty of our God is that he's patient, he's kind, he's enduring. And so there's new mercy every day. And so I'm grateful for the things that we were anchored in in the scripture. I wanna encourage you guys, whether you've done that a lot of years of your life or it was new to you last year, I would encourage you, find a routine that keeps you in God's word daily. Um, Alex and Amy Nickel have done a great job. They took everything we built last year and we refreshed the Bible 2020 webpage this week. And so if you go to our menu, it says Bible reading and it has the reading plan, but now it's set up without the dates on it. It's just a 52 week reading plan that you can follow. You can print off a simple PDF and put it in your Bible. We link to a couple other websites that have multiple reading plans if you want something different, like a chronological one or one where you're reading in the Old Testament and New Testament a little bit every day. Those options are there. We link you to the Bible Project videos that give you an overview of each book of the Bible. Um, all the sermons from the last year are just gonna live on that page. And so we just hope that'll resource you guys. Um, I don't know how many of you are aware of or took advantage of the app called Dwell last year. Um, it's an awesome Bible app where the scripture is read to you. You just listen to the word of God. Um, it typically involves like a monthly fee, but our church is covering that fee for, for members of our body that want that. So if you don't have that, if you go to the webpage I just described, there's a link to tell you about Dwell and you can request an access code so that you can utilize that. It's awesome, you can pick the translation of the Bible, you can choose different voices, you can choose instrumental music playing softly in the background if you want, it's just a really great way to stay in God's word. And so I wanna encourage you guys, let's be anchored in that, all right? Okay, moving on a little bit, I just wanna talk about our local church a little bit. Um, some of this is stuff I wanna encourage you to participate in, but I just, I just want you to be updated. So our life groups, man, it was a weird year for our life groups. Um, as many of you know, a couple of them just kind of paused indefinitely. There's several of them that have maintained through this. Um, all of them at one point were just online only. And people were really just kind of flexible and you know, adjusted how we needed to to make it through the year. Um, but I just want you all to know that they are up and running. We have four groups going now. A couple of them are in person. Some of them are a little bit of a hybrid where they're mostly online and then maybe once a month when the weather's good, they'll meet outside at a park. Um, and then I think one of them is pretty much online only. So there's different options for you. There's room available. There's a spot for you. Um, it's, it's vital that we be in real community with each other, all right? Um, additionally, I already mentioned the kids' ministry, so I won't go into that more, but 
you know, uh, we didn't meet for a long time this year. When we did meet, we didn't offer kids classes for quite a while. And I'm just grateful for people who are, who are making a big sacrifice to be in there. And I know everyone is making hard decisions. We wanna make it clear that is available for your children, but they are welcome in this room as long as y'all want. In our history, we have always designated the last Sunday of the month as Family Sunday anyways. We want our children to worship with us. Parents, it's good for them to see you worshiping Jesus. It's important. And so we already do that on purpose anyways in our history, but they are welcomed in here. Don't feel bad if they're in here, if they're fussy, it's okay. If it gets really bad, you know, be courteous, slide out for a minute, calm them down and come right back in. Um, but, but it is important to us that there is kids ministry available. This is not babysitting. People are pouring Jesus into their lives. And so we want them to hear a message geared towards them that they can hear and receive and understand. So from a young age, they can learn to follow Jesus and recognize his presence in their life. So that's our heart for kids ministry. Um, volunteers, we had over 50 people volunteer consistently in 2020. I don't know if that impresses you, but that blows me away. Like, seriously, unbelievable. Folks coming early to set up and tear down in the space, people opening their homes for life groups, kids ministry, just all the different ways people have volunteered. And I just wanna express to you, if you are one of our faithful volunteers, thank you. Like in all sincerity, in all genuineness, thank you. We love you guys, we are grateful for you. It is no small thing. When, when I first started really getting involved in church ministry, um, the way I got involved at the church that helped change my life was I went on Saturday mornings and helped set up chairs, put a stage together. And I just watched these other faithful men and women and learned from their example and hung out with them. Like I just wanted to be around people who loved Jesus. And I didn't realize all the stuff the Lord was doing in my heart, but our church is built on servant leadership. That's it. This church does not serve me. And if it ever starts to look like that, you should hit the door. Like from the top down, we serve. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And so he gave his life in service. And so that, that is a heartbeat for us as a church. And so I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about some leaders in our church, some people who help make things happen. But I just want to make clear, these are servants. And any folks who have some of these positions that they have, this flowed out of real relationship that was formed and real faithful service, all right? So first of all, let me tell you a little bit about our staff, okay? We have two full-time staff members, myself and Alex Hawkins. And we get kind of the package deal because Crystal puts in full-time work, but you know, but you, you, are, you guys are a team and I just always want to acknowledge that. And so thank you for leading us. Um, Alex does much more than lead in worship up here. Um, he's got all kinds of stuff that he does behind the scenes. Technically, he organizes things, he plans things, he, he made our website. Like Alex is a really talented, hardworking dude, and I'm thankful to have him as, as a friend and a partner in ministry. So we're the two full-time staff members. I mentioned Crystal. Um, we also have Amy Nickel, who of course is serving in kids ministry this morning, so I can't even have her stand up. Tommy, would you just wave to us? All right, 
Tommy's wife, Amy, is our administrative assistant. She sends out those e-bulletins that go out, posts videos, and she does all kinds of stuff. Things would fall apart without Amy. Um, I apologize if it is confusing that I have two Amys in my life. My wife, Amy, is sitting over here, and then my friend, Amy Nickel, is me and Alex's administrative assistant. We're super grateful for her. Um, All right, and then moving along, my mom, Diane Spencer, back there, wave. Um, My parents, Bob and Diane, um, did ministry for years in the Dominican Republic and ran a boys' home there. And they're now kind of semi-retired, living in the States. Um, Well, one of the roles my mom had down there was doing the bookkeeping for that ministry. And so she continues to do that and also helps with our bookkeeping here at the church. And she takes care of HR stuff. And then Rob, while I'm talking about them, we don't pay you anything. Um, But Rob Richmond right here, Rob, if you would wave. um, He's kind of our main financial guy. So he oversees everything, looks at all that. um, And then our elder board ultimately kind of sets the course of how we spend our finances. And we'll talk more about finances in a minute. But... There's that. Okay, and then um, Christina, Christina Marshall, her husband Grant is back there with their new baby. Grant, great to see you at church, buddy. We've missed you, man. As Christina's been coming and doing kids ministry shortly after having a new baby, Grant has been home on Sunday mornings as Mr. Mom taking care of their beautiful baby boy. And so um, Christina, of course, is also serving in a kids class right now, but she does a great job organizing it, putting together the volunteers. Um, She's been really faithful in that ministry for a while now, so we love her. And then Andrew Soriano is here every single Sunday overseeing the kids' area. He repairs things that are broken. He's he's a key guy um, in our setup and teardown. Um, He runs our youth ministry, which has been on some hiatus. Um, They have not been gathering recently, but um, he's faithfully served in kids' ministry with his wife, Deera, and in youth ministry as well. And so we just want to acknowledge Andrew. So there's there's kind of a sense of, of who's on staff here, all right? Now, let me talk to you about deacons. I mentioned earlier that a lot of people help make decisions. Our deacons are people who faithfully serve, faithfully pray. Um, we, we have spent time like in Bible studies together and pouring into each other's lives over the years. These guys have faithfully served as deacons for several years now, and I just want to acknowledge them. Not necessarily going to make you guys come up here, but if you would stand up, that would be great. Would all of our deacons stand up? So we've got Franz and his wife, Anna, is sitting back there with their beautiful girl. Franz, thank you for everything you do, buddy. Um, We have got Grant, I mentioned earlier. We're not going to make him stand up. He's feeding a young child. Um, Grant is one of our deacons. Um, Okay, Vickis and Christy are not here this morning. They're awesome. If you don't know Vickis and Christy, you need to meet them. Uh, He's an awesome man from India um, who miraculously met just a little Tennessee gal um, years ago, and they're married and love each other. They're an awesome couple. They recently adopted a little boy, um, and so that's Vic and Christy. Okay, I mentioned Amy earlier, who's my assistant. Tommy is a deacon here at our church. Thank you, Tommy, for all you do, buddy. Um, Tommy and Amy are the first wedding I ever did as a pastor. So I'll always remember that. There's a funny story related to that that we'll tell at another time. Um, it's, it's worth hearing. It's not worth hearing. It's worth hearing about. Yeah. 
that'll make sense if you already know the story or I'll tell it to you later. Um, okay. And then Andrew and Dira Soriano faithfully serve. Uh, Bob Spencer, my father, faithfully serves. And Nick and Kristen Panella have been deacons. And now is the time for a really exciting announcement. And so Nick and Kristen, would you make your way forward? Thomas, you can come up with them, buddy. You can come on up if you want. You don't, you don't have to. You don't have to. All right. So I want to announce to you guys that this fall, after a several-year process, Nick has officially become an elder at our church. And so can we just acknowledge that? Um, we absolutely view that as a couple, husband and wife together. And so we've invested a lot of time in each other and relationship. These guys have faithfully served our body. Um, and I can say with confidence, like Nick and Kristen fulfill the biblical definition of an elder. Absolutely. And so super proud of these guys. We love y'all. We're thankful for you. Um, Alex, Crystal, would y'all come up? Rob, Sarah, would you guys come up? Babe, can you come up? That's my wife. I just always say babe. Sorry. All right, y'all come here in the middle. Come right up here in the middle. I know you probably don't want to be front and center, but come up here in the middle. All right, we're just going to take a minute as a church and pray a blessing over these guys, okay? Um, in fact, I'm meant to, I want to read a scripture real quick. Sorry. Y'all, come on in. Um, all right, we're going we're gonna to pray a blessing over these guys. We want you guys to be involved in this. So if you're, if you're so inclined, you can stretch out your hand. You don't have to do that. You can just pray in your heart. Um, but these guys are a huge answer to prayer. When, when we came here, we had three local elders, Rob Richmond, Alex Hawkins, and myself. We had two faithful men, longtime friends of ours back in Franklin, who helped be our transition elders to get us here. And so they gave insight, wisdom, oversight. Um, you may have seen their names on our welcome packets, Ron Klontz and Jimmy Harris, and we're grateful for all those men have done for our church over the years. Um, but it was always our plan to replace them with local people that we would meet here in Knoxville and we would grow and develop relationship together. And so these guys are a huge answer to that prayer. And so, so Nick is officially our fourth elder now. He's stepping in. Ron and Jim, Jimmy have stepped back. Um, we're believing there will be more in the future. You know, we're going to continue to pour into people, disciple and develop folks. And so let's all commit these guys to the Lord. Um, I want to read this exhortation from Peter over elders. And so, Nick, Kristen, this is for you guys, but this is for all of us, okay? So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. There's sufferings at time, there's glory at time. Jesus experienced that and we will too. Therefore, Peter says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly. And you guys have willingly stepped up and said, I'll do this. As God would have you. He's our guide. He's our example. He leads us. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. See, that's the beauty. We already have a good shepherd. And he shepherds us perfectly, church. 
And he gives us imperfect people in our lives to be a tangible expression of his shepherding heart for us. And so I have been shepherded in my life by a lot of faithful people, and it's changed my life. And it's humbling and an honor to be able to to pour into and love and serve others. And so this is a servant leadership position, all right? So we want to honor you guys, we want to thank you guys, and we want to pray a blessing over you on that. So here we go. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Nick and Kristen. God, we thank you that they are your children first and foremost, and that's enough, Jesus. Thank you that you have rescued and saved them. Thank you that they have given their life to knowing you and following you. Thank you for their marriage. They are faithful and servant-hearted towards one another. Thank you for the parents they are as they pour into the next generation. Lord, thank you for their faithful service to this body, to care for, to pray for, to serve alongside. Thank you for their wisdom along the way. Lord, we're grateful for all of that. And God, we just commission them now in the presence of our whole church family. God, before you, we just acknowledge them as shepherds, as leaders here in this church. God, would you give them everything they need? None of us ever feels ready for places of leadership. If we do, that's a problem. We don't. God, we know that we need you. And so, Lord, we declare our dependence upon you. God, would you give them grace to do all that you've called them to do? And Lord, help them not to labor with burdens that aren't theirs to carry. God, this is your house. This is your church. And we just want to commit to following you and serving you well to the best of our ability. And so, God, we commission our friends. We pray pray blessing over them. We pray your presence in their life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys so much. That moment when I folded up my notes and I'm not sure if I need this page anymore. I don't. Okay. Good. All right. Okay, the next thing I'd like to talk about um, is is some missions, some some people that our church supports. Just want you guys to be aware of some some faithful folks that we come alongside, we give to them financially, we serve them in other ways. There are opportunities for you all to jump in and participate in some of these things as well. And so we just wanna make you aware of them. So we help support Andrew and Abigail Jolly. Andrew's back there right now uh, running this screen. Andrew, thank you. They work as missionaries on the campus at UT. International students that come to Knoxville, they pour into their lives and they share Jesus with them. They get to lead people to Jesus from other countries who maybe don't know him at all. They give them kind of a sense of home and anchor them while they're here in this country. And a big part of their heart is to send them back ready to be a light for Jesus' kingdom um, where they're from. And listen, like the people they're ministering to are a lot smarter than me. A lot of the international students that are coming in, they're like doctors, engineers, like these are brilliant people coming in from overseas. And what an awesome opportunity to equip them to know who Jesus is, to have their life changed by him and to go be a godly influence when they go back home. And so that's what Andrew and Abigail do. Um, We love and support them. There's ways that you can participate. You can get their newsletter, but I'd encourage you just to talk to them and get a sense of who they are, what they do, 
And if that's something that's near and dear to your heart, get involved. Um, another ministry that we participate with is the Knoxville Dream Center. They do a lot of different things in Knoxville. They feed the homeless every single Wednesday night under the bridge. They've been doing it for decades. They just, they don't miss. They're always there. But then there's a lot they do beyond that for the homeless community, especially folks who I've reached a point where they're ready and they want to get off the street. Man, they really help them plug in and have a future. Um, they, they do things beyond feeding them. There's medical and dental um, clinics that they'll do as well. Um, and then beyond homeless ministry, they have a weekly feeding program. They go to areas in our community that are known as food deserts. So these are areas that are uh, lower income and they don't live within walking distance from a grocery store. And so they show up once a week with a truck and freely give away a week's worth of groceries to anyone who comes and wants it. It's a really neat ministry. Um, and then they do a lot of work in Title I schools as well, reading programs that they've established and things of that nature. Uh, really cool ministry. All right, another ministry that is kind of new to our church, we really just started participating with this within the last year, is a ministry called Deeper Still. And um, my plan is to actually have them come out and take over a Sunday morning at some point this year and really give a full rundown of like who they are, what they do, share testimony. But guys, it's an awesome ministry. Their heart is to minister to people who have had an abortion. Either, either the, the mother who has had that or a father who's kind of gone through that. And it's to bring hope and healing. They, they lead them to Jesus. They work through a process of forgiveness and restoration. It is powerful stuff to hear the testimonies of the lives they've touched. Friends, I believe it's important for us to take a stand on huge, important issues, but it is important for the church to actually minister to the broken. And the truth is, there are a lot of hurting people who've walked that road. And Jesus' grace is available for every single one of them. And so this is near and dear, I believe, to the heart of God. It's an awesome ministry. They do a great job. You'll hear more about it going forward. Um, we just want to acknowledge the school. We're super grateful to get to meet here. Um, we pay some rent to be here, but there's, there's a real sense of partnership. They really take care of us. We try to bless them back. Um, we, we donate money every year towards the school to help them any way that we can. Um, and then on the, on the mission field. So if you listened last Sunday or you're here in person, you heard me mention that Zach and Callie Ward we're getting ready to go overseas for two years to do ministry in a Muslim country in an Arab world where they can't even be very public about what they're doing. They're going on a two-year mission. Last Sunday, I mentioned they needed several thousand dollars to get there. Well, the money has come in, and they got on a flight in Nashville this morning to go on their trip. Praise God. Zach and Callie are an awesome couple. They went to UT. They faithfully attended our church while they were college students. They did ministry on campus for years, and now they're going overseas, and our church is committed to supporting them while they're there. And then finally, our dear friends, Brian and Rochelle Ray. Um, Rochelle grew up in Mexico. Brian is a Tennessee boy. He met her on a mission trip. They fell in love. They got married. They got a couple of twin boys that are awesome, and they have planted a church in Mexico. It's a Grace Chapel Church in Mexico. Um, and man, I just, Brian's one of my best friends. Love that guy. So proud of them and the work they do. And our church helps support that mission 
Um, besides having a local church that they've planted there, they do prison ministry and all kinds of other things down there that are really awesome. We have gone there in the past on mission trips. We were going to go there in 2020 and had to pause that, but I'm really believing that later this year we'll be able to put a trip together or for sure early 2022. Um, so you can be watching for an opportunity to come with us to Mexico if you'd like. All right, so let me move into finances here a little bit. You guys doing good? You hanging with me? These are always hard for me. I just feel like I'm going through a list of details, but I just really want you guys to know this stuff. So let's go into finances a little bit. So outreach and missions giving. So last year in 2020, um, benevolence, okay, those are just needs within the church body or in our community that we hear about. Um, We don't even budget for benevolence. We just believe that when an opportunity arises, we pray about it and, and we give accordingly to help and serve and meet needs. And so we gave a little over $4,000 last year as a church to just meet needs within our church body and in the community. Um, we gave $2,300 to North Shore Elementary. Most of that went to groundskeeping here. Um, we kind of asked them each year, what can we do to be a blessing to you guys? And that's just something they've asked us to do over the years. It's not really in their budget to do a lot on the groundskeeping. So we keep it freshly mulched and weeded and all of that. Um, And then missions giving. Every ministry I just mentioned, we gave $19,569.96 to missions last year to those people that we mentioned. Um, That's that's a part of y'all's faithful giving. Now, how do we determine what to give? At minimum... And we often go above and beyond this, but at minimum, we give away a tithe of what comes in. That's, that's our bare minimum. We give away 10% of what comes into the church. And so we did that again last year and gave away 10% of our resources um, to bless others, to encourage others, to support them. Now, I want to give you kind of a word on tithing. I believe in it. We've purposed as a church with our own church finances to practice that. No matter what our circumstances, no matter how much or how little comes in, we're at least giving 10% away to ministries outside of ourselves, okay? Personally, I practice tithing. I also want you guys to know, I do not see what you tithe. Other people do the bookkeeping. Now, I'm aware of our finances. I help plan and organize our finances, but I don't look at what individual people give. And so... There's a couple reasons for that. It it protects me from undue influence. You know, if I need to preach what needs to be preached and it offends the richest person in the room and they leave, I I won't know how much money walked out the door, whatever. Like, I'm going to do what God's called me to do, say what he's called me to say, lead how he's called me to leave, and we'll let the chips fall where they may. It's also to remove a sense of pressure or guilt. Listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. We're called to give. I'm going to tell you that. But what you'll notice if you've been here for a while, I I hardly ever mention it. We don't want people to give out of guilt or a sense of compulsion, but we wanna tell you the truth, it's right to give. And so it's between you and the Lord. And God intends for us to give cheerfully and willingly and listen, as hard as it is for me to grasp this, it's good for us. Like giving is a good godly discipline for you and for me. We, we were meant to give. To be specific, when you hear the word tithe, that is a biblical word, and it means 10% of your income. That's in the Old Testament, 
Jesus affirmed it. A lot of people don't think that he did. I'll show you chapter and verse if you need to see it. Jesus affirmed tithing and the New Testament church practiced tithing. In fact, if anyone wants to make a New Testament case that we shouldn't tithe, I would agree with them because a lot of the New Testament church gave way more. They gave above and beyond. They kind of brought everything they had and then just sort of took care of everybody's needs. So if, if we want a New Testament excuse not to tithe, then let's be really honest about what the New Testament pictures, okay? Listen, God's people, we, we're called to be givers. We're called to be givers because our God is a giver. He gives generously. And so tithing for me is about anchoring me in a larger truth. Everything I have is his. My home, my family, my finances. He's blessed me, he's given it to me, it's his. And so tithing is a discipline to say, Lord, I honor you first. I acknowledge you first. And the other 90%, you know what I've learned? I've rarely felt like I could afford my tithe. Rarely felt like that. But it brings this discipline to say, Lord, for the other 90%, I need to be a good steward. And I need you to help me figure out how to take care of this well. So we did one series several years ago on giving. We just called it Just Give. It was like a four to six week series. You can find it on our website if you want a little more in-depth. Probably every three, four, five years, I'll preach a short series again to equip us in that area. Um, but I want to encourage you guys to do that. It, listen, if you're a visitor, if you're new, if you're finding a church home, like this isn't my thing to try to get you to, to give today. That's not it at all. If this is your church home, we're called to give and support the church body. We just are. If you land somewhere else, give there. All right? So there's that. Now, some encouraging news. I want to give you all a little bit of the track record of our local giving. So let's go through history here. Um, in 2016, that was the year we moved here, and um, we started meeting in our living room in March of 2016. We began meeting in the school in June of that year, and during that first year, local giving was $36,000. That's what came in. Year two, 2017, it jumped to 125. Year three, it jumped to 190. Year four, 2019, was our first year where we did not receive any financial support from the church that helped us get here. So we were, we were on our own starting that fourth year in 2019, and $255,000 came in that year. That was awesome. Now, here's what's incredible, guys. In the midst of an up and down year last year, in the middle of COVID, this is how much money came in in 2020. We had a total of $282,000 920, or sorry, $282,922.72. Our giving increased by $28,000 last year. I guess that doesn't impress y'all very much. That shocked me. That shocked me. And, they, and maybe it's because I, I see the ebb and flow of it. Like there were times last year where it's like, we're having real conversation. Like, do we need to go get some part-time jobs to make ends meet? Like, it was a very up and down year, and it was unbelievable during the course of the year to watch how God's faithful provision continued to show up. There's folks watching online right now that I guarantee you made a huge difference last year. Thank you. There are people who faithfully gave that don't even live in Knoxville who would send us a letter of encouragement, 
send a gift some multiple times. Like it just, it was incredible to watch the different ways that the needs were met. But in a year when a lot of people were suffering, in a year when it looked like we might not even reach what we had reached the previous year, God was faithful and we actually increased from 2019. That blew me away. So thank you guys for your faithful giving. Um, I also just want to acknowledge as of January 1, we have $76,000 in the bank. It's about 10 grand more than we had this time last year in the bank. Um, and we have no debt. We have no debt. We, we have a couple little like church cards that get like rewards points, but we just use them during the month, pay them off every month. Like we don't accumulate debt on those cards. So we've got no debt. We've got money in the bank. Thanks be to the Lord. And our, our needs are being met. And guys, all those people I told you about that we've supported this year, we did not have to decrease our amount of giving at all. We never missed a month. We gave to people faithfully. And we just trusted that God would provide. And he did. He's a faithful God. So thank you guys for your faithful giving. All right. Well, last thing I just want to say about this. Um, I always want to be upfront with you about our church finances. You can know more and, mo and know more detail if you'd like. I'd be happy to share that with you. Um, I just want you to know that, that our intention is whatever comes in, may it be a lot, may it be a little, we want to be good stewards. We intend to be generous because our God is generous and we're gonna be grateful for whatever comes in. That's our heart towards our finances, whatever they may be, all right? Okay, um, last thing. I just wanna to talk to you all a little bit, a little bit of a call to action as we move into this year. Um, I hope that these are things you've heard me say before, but I hope that doesn't mean you're gonna tune out. All right, hang with me for about five more minutes here. Guys, I just want to call y'all to action. All right, if you're here in the room, if you're watching online, I want to call you to action. The heart and intent of our church from day one has always been rooted in being an intentional, relational community of believers. Our heart is not to put on the best Sunday morning service you've ever seen. There's better ones in town, I guarantee it. Our heart is not to create a place where people just pop in and out on Sundays every now and then and experience a service. That is not church. I'm going to say it again. That is not church. The people are the church. It's not a building. It's not paid staff. That's not what a church is. Those are aspects of the church. A church is the people. And, and we intend to be a relational community of people who imperfectly but faithfully follow Jesus, who imperfectly but faithfully love and care for one another, and who imperfectly but faithfully shine a light to a community that needs hope. That's who we're called to be. Up until 2020, our church has had an 80 to 90% participation rate in volunteering and in life groups. Day one, 80 to 90% of our body has participated in those things. COVID changed things, and I get that. And we, we made hard decisions, and you know what? There were times where we weren't here. Like, we were just like, hey, we're not meeting. And so it made things really hard and difficult, and I acknowledge that. Here's what I want to encourage you guys to do.
okay? Whether you're doing it right here this morning or sometime this week or whatever, I want to encourage you, just kind of take the temperature of where you are at as it relates to church community. Where are you at? If you're married, talk to your spouse. Whether you're married or single, talk to the Lord. Don't worry about what I'm communicating. Lean into the Lord and say, Lord, what does this look like for me this year? What does it mean to be a part of relational church community? We just read through the whole Bible. Read through the New Testament. Like, it is an anchor point that the body of Christ needs one another. It's good for you to be connected in the body of Christ. It's good for the body of Christ for you to be connected. We benefit from one another and we suffer when we're not. Like, we need each other. And so,